The Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. So this is The Alpha Sessions, and with me now, I'm very pleased to welcome to The Alpha Sessions studio, Leah Barifatu. Welcome along. Welcome. Lovely to have you here. <laughs> no, thanks to you for having me. Uh, it's really brilliant to have you in the studio. Lots to talk about today. We've had a long chat before we started oh, yeah. this interview, and I'm sure some of it will come on too again. Um, but the first thing we have to really start this interview with, and it's an obvious point really, is that you're originally from Argentina. Yeah. And as we're recording this, we're not long since the end of the World Cup. And uh, that must be a pretty amazing feeling right now as someone from Argentina to be able to look back and say, world champions. Uh, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to gloat, don't worry. Okay, okay, We're still okay. dreaming of it. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to brag, but... <laughs> no, yeah, go on, brag, yeah, go on. <laughs> Tell us how it feels. <laughs> we don't uh, know. It feels, feels really good. Yeah. It's really good. Funny thing, that was, uh, I was listening to the, to the match while I was at the airport. My flight go, got delayed. So basically, thankfully, thanks Ryanair for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, can can I mention brands here? <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned them all. That's fine. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. Other airlines are available. Yeah. Okay, no problem. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, because it, the the flight got delayed, I, I was uh, I was able to hear the the. Um, the the whole match and I was the only crazy guy at the airport like <laughs> celebrating like, yeah world champions yeah. finally after thirty something years thirty I mean that seven. doesn't sound like a long time to us you know we we've waited a lot longer than oh, that uh, yeah so. I know I know <laughs> but great to see Messi finally lift the World Cup as well I mean just give us an insight into actually, how big a deal that is in in Argentina it is it's it, massive oh, yeah. isn't it yeah 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 and actually he deserved it. Yeah, because it was the, the the last remaining award that he he needed to win, to win. I mean, in in, in that set, that said, I mean, the, the guy is the greatest of the greatest. Yeah, not because he's Argentinian, but it's like, yeah, never had won uh, all the trophies. Yeah. Um, actually, the other day I was reading that he's just at only one cup from Danny Alves, and that's it. That is that's the the last remaining. Uh, um, goal that he, he he needs to get in his career, but yeah, amazing. So yeah, I was pretty happy with that. I was pretty happy with that. I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were. Gutted that you probably didn't get to actually watch it as it was happening, but uh. no, I didn't have the chance. But you know what? I had the chance of being at the finalissima at Wembley. Wow. Where they played against Inter Italy, and uh, and and I'm half Italian. Yeah. My father is Italian. My mom is Argentinian. So before the match, I called my dad. I was like, Dad. I'm going to go to the match. <laughs> Who should I support? It was like... Whoever's it. winning. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that, yeah. I mean, who, who would you support out of the two or do you support them both, basically? I was actually enjoying in, enjoying the match. Uh, I, because I grew up in Argentina, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to Argentina to win, but if that wouldn't happen in Italy, would have win the, the competition? I mean would have been okay for me. I mean, we won't talk about football the whole interview, but I think it's oh, worth yeah, noting, yeah. <laughs> having grown up in Argentina, like yeah. you were saying before, that it's it's a real unifier there, isn't it? Everyone gets behind the team, no matter what uh, sort of background they're from. It's the one yeah. big thing that unites everyone in Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, when Argentina is playing the World Cup, it's like the whole country, the whole country, it's 100%, 100% supporting all the players. So yeah, that was a really, really nice vibe. Uh, obviously, I was not there, but I've seen videos. For example, I don't know if you have seen that big celebration yeah. where the obelisk is in Argentina, which is in Buenos Aires, the capital of the city, of the country, and um, and 
actually that avenue over there, I think it's one of the, the widest of the of, of the world. Wow. But it's called Nueve de Julio. And uh, it was fully packed of people. I don't know, thousands and thousands of people in that yeah, all celebrating that. I, I, it was amazing. I've seen I've seen that video featured on even on, on, on the Rolling Stone account. I was like, Whoa, this is so crazy. So crazy. Uh, yeah, of course, I was not there, but... Went ahead of a party, that's for sure. It'll probably go on for years to come anyway, so uh, next time you go back, they'll probably still be partying over there. <laughs> <laughs> probably. So as you mentioned, you're, you're also half Italian as well. So, yeah. so growing up, where did most of your musical influences come from? Uh, actually, from here. Really? Yeah, and, 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 and the States as well. So I grew up listening to, um, to British bands, uh, classic rock, I love Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, wow. Black Sabbath, <laughs> all the stuff, uh, and then of course American bands as well. But but yeah, so for me coming to London and and being doing music here was a like a all time dream. Yeah, I mean when I was a kid, I was l always listening to these bands. And I was like, oh, that must be so cool being in London back in the seventies and all the stuff. And uh, and yeah, and now that I'm here, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And are, are those sort of bands really big in Argentina, or is it just something that you discovered? No, actually, actually, it is. Uh, um, the, the classic, the classic bands, classic rock, uh, they are pretty, pretty big in Argentina. They they have a massive support. I remember that um, uh, ACDC recorded a, a live a live uh, DVD. Uh, of their gig, they they were touring. In the, the, I think it was two thousand and nine, something mm -hmm. like that. And they recorded uh, a whole DVD uh, in River Plate Stadium, which is a, a club, a, one of the biggest clubs uh, clubs in in Argentina. Uh, and uh, and and they have done that because the, the the crowd was so crazy. And I've heard stories. I was not there, of course, but um, I've heard stories that um, that because of, of all, all the all the stadium was jumping during the songs, you can feel like vibrations on the floor, even like like half a mile away from the stadium. Wow! So like at some sort of earthquake. Yeah. Because of the movement of of, of the I don't know sixty thousand people jumping all the time. That was crazy. Amazing. Amazing. So yeah, uh, it's like uh, all those classic bands. They have a, a lot of support uh, back back there in uh, in Argentina. I, w I would say in the most of South America, because Brazil as well. It's uh, it's um, it's a really good market for for those bands as well. Um, I think the Stones they have done a gig with uh, like a million people or something like that it was like a, some sort of Guinness record that they have done it on the on one of the beaches in 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 probably Rio de Janeiro yeah. I guess so uh so yeah 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 we have been exposed to to that music quite a lot so at what point growing up did you suddenly decide okay that's that's what I want to do I want to go into music as a as a thing the I mean the story how uh how I got into music was a. uh, uh it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty emotional for me because I, um, I remember I used to go to my, to visit my grandma, and uh, in there at my grandma's house was my older cousin living, and he was a guitarist. Right. So I was always sneaking to his room. 
I was not allowed, of course. <laughs> and uh, and grabbing his acoustic guitar, and of course I didn't know how to play. So I was uh, doing like the, the <laughs> for the six strings that they opened um, the open chord, and I was like, I, I instantly I got like captivated with that sound. I was like, oh wow, this is so crazy. Years later. He became my my um, guitar uh, professor, so he basically I know how to play guitar because of him, wow. because of my cousin. So mm. I owe him big time, mm. big big time. And um, and yeah, and I remember that he he used to have a um, a poster in his room. It was the cover, the album cover of uh, Kiss Dynasty. Yeah. Wow. With the four faces. Yeah. And I was always in shock with that because it was kind of a I was kind of scared and curious at, at the same time. So, of course, one of the first bands that I, I that I started listening to was Kiss. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, because I also have uh, older siblings, so I've been always exposed to music that was not from from my generation, because I was listening to music from my older siblings. Yeah. So uh, that's how I became into classic rock and all stuff and uh and yeah i loved it i loved it and then did you make a decision because obviously you you've fairly recently relocated to london haven't you but four years ago four yeah. years ago yeah 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 so but I, I gather you didn't come straight to london you you lived in spain for a while as well yeah didn't you? yeah 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 so basically when i when i decided to uh to emigrate i mean to move away from from argentina uh my first stop was uh was in spain uh was the easiest one because it's the same culture the same language yeah. i mean spanish is my my native language and then uh i was there for half a year or so and then i decided that i wanted to do something like bigger with my career and improving my songwriting as well so that's the reason why i i came to london um which was a pretty huge huge cultural shock for me at the beginning <laughs> and and you didn't speak english when you moved to london no actually well okay i used to think that i, I could speak english okay until i landed here <laughs> and i was like oh, say that again say that again all the time <laughs> now yeah 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 i used to speak english from uh from before but uh but yeah it took me it took me some time to get used to the all the accents that they are here yeah. and slang words and people speaking really really fast so yeah yeah it was pretty challenging at the beginning massive challenge but well done for you to persevering anyway <laughs> and in terms you. of your music presumably did you did you write a lot in spanish initially before you started writing in english um yes yes uh i, I used to write some stuff in, in in english as well but but yeah yeah it's, it's just like what you said and then i came here and of course um I wanted to reach the, um, the local market, which is in, in English. So I started to collaborate with, with people, with other songwriters, and that's how I put an, an EP out there, which is mostly, well, there are some songs that I wrote, uh, just me. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm always trying to collaborate and writing with other, other songwriters, which is something that I really enjoy, that I really like to... Uh, get into sessions and start crafting a song from from scratch and sharing ideas and uh and getting surprised as well with uh with the direction that a song can come up with um so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
that's that's one of my, my well, favorite things. We're going to find out more about your songwriting process shortly, but uh, you've performed three brilliant tracks for us here in the studio today. Thank you. And I want to talk about one of them now because we were talking obviously before about your family, and one of the tracks you performed for us was a track called My Hero, yes. which is for a very uh, close member of your family, isn't it? Tell us more about that one. Well, that's, uh, that song is probably one of the most... Uh, Emotionals and, uh, and one of the most important that uh, that I wrote. Uh, again, it's about the only idol that I have in my life, which is my father. So, it was my way of uh, paying tribute to him and saying all the things that uh, I barely said <laughs> with words to him, because I'm coming from that. Uh, that culture that you need to be a man and mm. don't show emotions and stuff like okay. trying to change that and uh, so yeah so basically I decided to to put all my emotions in 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 a song in in, in those lyrics and uh, and yeah and the funny thing I mean okay it's not funny it's just something really nice that uh, most of the times when I'm playing that song uh, live someone will come up and say oh, man i love the song it reminds me it reminds me my my father uh so i've been able to connect with people random people because of of that because of those lyrics and um and that's my aim i mean it's 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 one of the best um how do you say uh the best outcomes of of being a songwriter when you can connect with someone with a piece of music that you wrote and and it's moving someone else so it's kind of generating um generating an, an emotion inside of a, a people that doesn't know you and have have no relationship with you but because of that now you have a a connection mm -hmm. so that's amazing <laughs>
The Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. I think the song is wonderful I, because I think it's just so powerful how you can just sort of say out loud, sort of basically, you're my hero, I love you, Dad. That You know, it's it, it really spells it out and it's something that we, we should all be saying more. So, um, yeah, it's a wonderful track. That, that, that was my aim, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about, we've, we've obviously talked a little bit about uh, where you've grown up and where you've moved to, but um, on your Instagram recently, you, you posted that you'd just been to your 30th country. I mean, you are traveling a lot. Um, so talk about some of your highlights of the places that you visited. Where, where would you say was, was your favorite? Oh, my favorite. I get that question quite often, to be honest. But yeah, I, I love to travel. I love to uh, learn from different cultures and expose myself to those environments. And uh, I'm a pretty curious person. So that's the reason why. Um, I wouldn't say that I have a favorite. Uh, I love every single place that I've been to. Probably there are some places that I would return, mm. but I'm always trying to go somewhere else, some someplace different that I've never been before, um, just to get more experience, um, more more information, and and mm. I don't know, learning something new every day, and oh, not every day. I mean, I never travel. Uh, so yeah, I don't have a favorite one. I don't have a favorite one. Uh, Places that I could return, yeah, yeah, but probably because I, I haven't seen everything that I wanted to because I didn't have time or, or anything. But uh, apart from that, it's like I'm a super curious person. So I'm almost like, yeah, for, for example, this year I was, I'm still thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do it or where to, but I'm, I would like to go to Asia, for example, mm. that I've never been there before. And uh, I would like to see how life is in there, how people... Um, I don't know, um, manage relationships uh, with each other, how's the culture uh, and everything, and feel, and feel the vibe as well. So, yeah. And have you had a chance to perform at a lot of these countries that you've been to? Uh, some of them, but most of it, for example, the, this last trip that I've done, that I went to the Baltics, uh, I didn't bring my guitar. Hmm. Uh Mostly because right now traveling with a guitar is quite inconvenient, yeah. uh, and, and it's not that easy with the um, with the planes and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I was just exploring, and uh, and as I told you before, one day I've, I I broke my record. I've I've done forty thousand steps in a day. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like that was crazy. That is a lot, yeah. yeah, I was walking, walking, walking <laughs> and getting lost in the city and yeah. exploring. So yeah, yeah. Didn't have the time for for setting up a gig. But I would love to return and play a gig in those countries, yeah. Why not? And I noticed that when you published your Spotify figures for the end of last year, yeah. uh, your most listened to country is Spain, actually, which obviously makes sense because you've spent a significant amount of time there. But but did you get a chance to play a lot when you were in Spain? Uh, actually, I was surprised. Actually, I was surprised um, because I'm not singing in, in Spanish. So, uh, so, yeah, but... People, I don't know. Some people from there, they're streaming my songs, which is something, something really cool. And actually, this year I'm, I'm planning to start writing more in Spanish. Um, I don't. My aim or goal, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it this year, but I would like to put an EP completely in Spanish as well. So having both um, an EP in English and an EP in, with different songs in, in Spanish. And and yeah, and take it from there because I mean, 
Uh, I I like I like Spanish. I like the Spanish language as well, uh, as much as English. Mm. Um, and I would like to explore that. I mean, my some writing on that side as well. And what would you say the contrast is like for sort of like a, a British audience compared to other places in the world that you've performed at? Because you're you're very up close with a lot of the British audience because you do busking, which we'll come on to more in a minute. But but how do you find these, the sort of interactions with the audience here compared to say? Like in Argentina. Um, the thing is that the music that I do in Argentina was not was not working so well. I mean, it was not the right market in in Argentina. So that was one of the reasons why, as well, uh, I decided to to try somewhere else. Um, what I found that in here, um, people they tend to appreciate more that genre the the singing singer songwriter genre and and soft rock pop rock which is something that i do um which i was not having that much luck in 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 my home country so that's the thing uh so yeah i'm pretty pretty happy with that and and, and thankful and grateful sorry uh with all of that We'll come on to the busking, as I say, very shortly. But let's um, let's hear another one of your tracks now. Um, you played for us a track called "Your Grace." So tell us a bit about this one. Well, basically, that's a love song. Uh, I'm just trying to paint the picture of uh, how it feels when you are in love with someone, and you're and, and you're grateful that that person comes to visit visiting you, and uh, and and all those emotions. So. It's quite descriptive. I've used uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, imagery, and um, I'm gonna play now. I'm gonna play the the, the short version without the solo and stuff like that. Super stripped down acoustic, but uh, I released the fully fully produced version of that one, and then I've also came up with uh, with acoustic the stripped down version uh, that is on my Spotify. But yeah, let's give it a go. So glad that you are here 
The Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. Yeah, that was a track called uh, Your Grace. Really enjoyed listening to that one. And actually what I love about what you do, which I talked to you about just before the interview, is the fact that on Spotify you release acoustic versions of quite a few of your songs. Is that something that you think you'll carry on doing? Yeah. Um, I think I'm always going to try to uh, to do both. Um, because, I'd, I mean, at the end of the day, 90% of the times that, that I'm writing songs, it, they start with a, with an acoustic guitar and my vocals. And then from from, from there, we start to dress them, dressing the, the, the songs up uh, with uh, different instrumentations and arrangements with a producer, uh, which I'm always co-working with him. Um, so it's really nice to have like the bigger version of the song which is the fully produced one with uh, it, it, it's something that you can go go back and listen to, to several times to just to find different different arrangements and, and sounds and instrumentations that you are not going to be able to uh, I don't know to realize that they are there in the first uh, the first listen but I also love the most pure and stripped down version of music which is just vocal in in the guitar that is something that has has been in captivating me uh since uh since some some years um i would say do you find then when you're writing songs that you actually don't think of like the the end result of the studio version you actually write it as a stripped back acoustic song and then afterwards you kind of work on how that could sound like a full a full band if you like yeah exactly that's uh lately that is my my process for for writing songs that uh that they are for my artist project but saying that i've been in in collaborations with uh with other songwriters for different projects uh like for example briefs and um and it depends on the genre for, but for example for mainstream pop or edm ish and stuff like that so most of the time you start the opposite way you start with a with a, a backing track uh or a beat something like that and then you start crafting the lyrics and the top line melodies for um for that backing track mm -hmm. which is going to be like the like the finished version mostly of uh how this the the um, the song is going to it's going to sound at the end of the day so generally speaking, would you say you you start with lyrics more than melodies, or does it not always work that way? Uh, both, both. It depends on the on what happened first. Most of the times, I, I I like to start with a lyrical theme, for example, like like if I have a a song title, and I start developing the idea from there, uh, and then music comes to uh, there is something that is called prosody which mm. is when the lyrical theme match the, the 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 music so it has 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 to have a, a balance and a connection and they have to match each other uh some of the times uh it's the opposite for example that i come up with a riff or a chord progression in the guitar that i really like it and uh and that sparks some uh I don't know creativity and then and, and top line melodies, and 
the the the, the latest of the, of the process it's adding lyrics to that so yeah it's like the, there are different approaches to be mm-hmm. honest there's mm-hmm. no like absurd uh, just one rule that you can, one process and okay you need to do it this way da, 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 and steps may happen anything mm-hmm. i mean and and would you co-write with other have you done that as well sort of co-writing with yeah, other artists yeah quite a lot yeah 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 with other most most of the times with uh with other songwriters uh, and times with, with other artists as well um i was uh, last year by september i was in a in a songwriting camp in in morocco marrakesh and basically i was co-working with uh, some writers and some some writers that were that they were artists as well uh so yeah yeah i've done quite a lot i really enjoyed that mm. yeah yeah it sounds amazing yeah it is now actually uh, before we um started this interview you were telling us about how you heard about the alpha sessions and i know that you're quite heavily involved with uh, a number of the buskers in the london scene in fact one of your regular spots is under the London Eye at Waterloo, just down the road from where I work. So I'm sure I've probably seen you at some point there. Um, but I know you've worked alongside the likes of Charlotte Campbell, who's been a former guest here at the studio. So, um, so tell us about how you find the whole busking London thing. What, what's the busking scene like from your from your side? Um, well, basically, it's a it's a huge community. I I know quite a lot of them. Uh, probably not like everyone. That is in, in this scene, but because because it's huge, it, it's, it's it's a really big group, I would say. Uh, but I really like it to be honest. I'm, I'm feeling feeling part of that movement and community. It gives me like a, some sort of um, belonging mm. thing, and uh, and feeling that you are part of that community, you are part of that movement that probably i don't know a lot of people uh would like to be part of it like to be part of a community in london of musicians and stuff like that and that did some i remember this because i was feeling this when i was living in in my home country and i was always like seeing that and i was like oh that's so really that, that that is so cool that's that's so so cool and now i'm part of that so yeah i'm pretty happy with that is it quite an easy thing to get into busk in london or is there a long long waiting list what was the process no it's not it's not easy at all mm. right now sadly uh for busking in london right now you need you need to have licenses there are like three different uh, uh licenses that you will need if you want to busk around london one is for busking at the south bank uh you need to go to auditions. You need to wait until the auditions they are open. If you want to do the train stations, for example, it's a whole different um, license that you need to have. That's for uh, from Baskin London again. The auditions they are open like every second year or something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess um, probably the easiest one is like if you want to if you want to bask in Westminster again. I think they are they are not running any auditions. You just pay for the license and stuff like that. But yeah, it's not like the good old days that mm. you were just uh, I don't know popping by and, uh, and and start playing music over there. I mean, I think that's the thing that a lot of people misunderstand, isn't it? You don't just rock up with your guitar no. and plonk yourself in front of the London Eye. No. From what I gather, from what I hear, 
for one thing, you spend probably most of the day in a queue waiting. Yeah. Hence the reason why I guess you have that community, because during all the waiting time, you're all hanging out with each other, presumably, and looking after each other's guitar cases or whatever it is. So so how does it work then? You all rock up at sort of whatever it is, nine o'clock every morning, and you, you allocate slots between yourself? Yeah, basically, it's a queue process. First come, first serve. And uh, and when it's a busy day, sometimes you 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 end up waiting six hours for mm -hmm. for for a slot to play. So yeah, it's a whole day thing. You need to be there around uh, and waiting, and that's how you get in touch with all the the other uh, artists as well. So it's yeah, it, it's hard because of that. But the other side, it's like yeah, at least uh, we are hanging around with like-minded people hmm. yeah and yeah, it's not that easy it's not it's not that easy have, have, have there been any sort of highlights in terms of what's happening what you've been busking anything that stands out any funny moments i have tons of crazy <laughs> crazy stories that happened to me that i probably am gonna i'm not gonna be able to uh, replicate here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it's like when while you're on the street you see literally everything mm. i've came across aggression people stealing money from my from my guitar bag uh, but then i don't know people i don't know coming up with with a coffee as a gift for me and or people that hugging me for example because i was singing a song that meant something for them mm. um so yeah it, it's pretty much everything it's like uh good and bad things you can find everything I guess you have to be quite thick-skinned. I mean, yeah, it can be amazing, but equally there are going to be d days where it's quite tough, I guess, where maybe you don't make so much money or you have a few negative interactions. Something that, uh, that someone said this word to me a long time ago, it's like, you become a tough cookie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. 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 And I guess that's why having that community of other buskers who get it, who have been there, who can encourage when you've had one of those days is important. Yeah, yeah, we, we support each other. We support each other because when, I don't know, one of the artists, you know, they're having a bad time or something like that, there's always someone around that's going to uh, try to help or and give some uh, words of uh, encouragement. Hmm. And is there a favorite place that you have to busk? Um, well, I really like the South Bank, to be honest. It's like became my, my, my second home by now. So because I, I'm spending a lot of time there and I really like the vibe as well. Yeah. Uh, it's a really nice place, mostly in summertime. It's amazing. Summertime is amazing. Um, I really like the, 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 the vibe of the people that is around. I'm not just talking about the, the community. I mean, the people, I mean, the tourists or, or, or locals that they are just walking around there. They are in a, in a special mood. The Christmas time as well was really cool with the Christmas market. Yeah. Again, uh, it, it's one of those times of the year that people is more receptive. They they show their emotions uh, much more, so you can connect with people. So you you can you can gather an, an audience in front of you, and they start singing along. And for me, that's uh, that's one of the 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 best outcomes yeah yeah that must be an amazing feeling when yeah. you can start a song and then suddenly you've got 20 people around you all all singing it back to you that's, that's yeah the ultimate, yeah i had more than 20 yeah yeah i'm sure yeah, i'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah um so okay so what's planned next for 
this year for 2023 what's what's on your bucket list for this year well as i said before um i'm gonna i'm gonna be writing songs as much as i, as I can uh, i'm gonna give a, a go to songs in spanish so uh, that it's my my aim i hope i'm gonna be able to do it um the only problem that I'm having is that I don't have many collaborators in, in Spanish uh, for writing in Spanish, because most of the people that I know, that, that, I mean, that I can collaborate with, uh, they are writing songs in English or maybe some other languages. Like, for example, I, I have a couple of friends that they are Germans, but I don't know a word mm. in German. So there's no point of write, me writing a song in German. So that is the only downside that I'm having so far, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to to make it happen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone's listening who writes in Spanish, uh, yeah, contact me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> we look forward to hearing that, and no doubt more traveling as well. Obviously, you've got to get up to forty countries now, haven't you? So. Oh yeah, well that's gonna take me time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll have you back for an update at some point in the future. But uh, yeah. loads of luck with everything for this year. If anyone wants to find out more about what's happening with you and where they can catch you, perhaps I don't know if you post when you're going to be uh, on the South Bank. But how can people find out more about you anyway? Uh, well, basically, I'm more active on Instagram. Um, so if you can, if you, someone wants to contact me or wants to see. Uh, what am I doing or yeah or gigs or anything yeah they are barufato.music at Instagram uh, I'm also on, on TikTok as well but yeah I would say I'm more active on, on Instagram okay cool so make sure you check that out and we're going to finish up with uh, the final track which is uh, I love this track actually it's called Hurricane so tell us more about this one well Hurricane it's about um, it's about a specific person um that uh that I met and when I was I was not expecting to meet anyone and uh, and she appeared in my life and literally she rocked my world she she was like literally super intense um so um I always remember that and um she I always thought that that girl was a like a hurricane because <laughs> of the intensity and stuff and yeah. stuff like that so that that's how I I've uh, I started with that lyrical theme. I had the title in my in my in my mind and have the idea, and then started crafted uh, the lyrics and uh, and I also had this um, this simple chord progression. Um, I had it for years, I guess, in my mind. Pretty pretty simple, but I really liked it. It was like uh, some sort of groovy thing. And uh, and yeah, and then I've crafted crafted with the help from others as well uh, to make it happen. And uh, and yeah, the result is hurricane. Yeah, and it's a great tune. Thank you. This one, Leah. Thanks so much for coming down. Thank you so much. Look forward to catching up again soon. Yeah, anytime. Oh
burn. 